Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. None of us have yet been suspended by the Big Ten for our conduct in the Nebraska-Ohio State game. How do you feel about that? We maybe should have been. The stuff that goes on in the press box should probably be left unsaid. I'll say this much. If I was going to get suspended so I didn't, I couldn't be at a game, Nebraska-Northwestern would be real so high down, on that Why list. are you so down on Nebraska-Northwestern? It's a. It's usually a weird game. Yeah, it, it's usually <laughs> a weird game. It's uh, usually a boring week. Uh, is there anything about Northwestern that isn't Pat Fitzgerald related that you're remotely interested in seeing on the field Saturday? I don't find Northwestern to be an interesting team oh. in of itself, but I do think like the two teams together bring out sure. like weird like. It it ends up being something like oh that was kind of different <laughs> well you've had a hail mary <laughs> yeah. you had nebraska's collapse last year you had uh kane coulter beating a top 10 team in lincoln which completely elevated the uh legend of kane coulter to ridiculous heights in the state of nebraska I, where it was always acted like kane coulter was this amazing college football player around here even though nebraska actually shut him down like the next two or three years to like 15 yards or something you know who they didn't shut down in 2015 clayton thorson <laughs> on the long run clayton Vick. <laughs> yeah you want to talk about building a legend right there that's why clayton thorson's in the nfl just highlights against nebraska over the years so him and dean lowry yeah there's uh <laughs> There's Dean Lowry. <laughs> uh, pack, you're you're absolutely packer, right? right. This game is weird all the time. But there is nothing interesting about the 2019 version of Northwestern. They have a, a potential quarterback controversy, and I can't really tell you if it matters which one is in for them or for Nebraska. Uh you know, Barrett Rude said earlier during the week, it's not like there's a big difference between the two guys. What you're going to get on offense is going to be the same. So, I I don't know. You you really kind of have to talk yourself into Northwestern week, I feel like. The, I do, anyways. As somebody that appreciates quality linebacker play, I'm excited for this week. Patty Fisher, I believe Nick Gallagher is another Northwestern linebacker. I'm ready for hard-nosed, tough Big Ten football. Football. Did you ask a question at all this week about North? I did one time, and it's inaccurate, about Northwestern not beating themselves, which they actually have beat themselves pretty thoroughly. I think they're the second most giveaways, right? Yeah, they're they're, they're doing pretty good at beating themselves I just always assume that any answer regarding Northwestern is the the subtext is on defense. (laughs) Like... What did Nebraska call Northwestern's offense? Patient. Patient? Yeah. <laughs> Clayton Thorson was patient that there year. Was like a, uh, there was a slow beat between the question being asked as to how you would describe Northwestern's offense and Barrett Rude's response, to which he said, I would describe them as patient. It's uh, patient because they don't take, you know, they're not in a hurry to score points with their 15 points a game. See, but the thing is, is like you kind of – you make fun of them, and and they gave Wisconsin a hell of a game last weekend. Like yeah, Wisconsin they're, they're basically needed to the the defensive scores to to come out on that one. Those two teams are inexplicable um, in a lot of ways when they play. Mm-hmm. I mean, Northwestern shut down Melvin Gordon at Ryan Field the year that Switched Melvin Gordon ran for nine thousand yards. 
Alex Hornibrook, who I always thought was terrible, and seemingly everyone caught up with that eventually. But now he's at Florida State, and he's good again. Um, when he would go against Northwestern, he would throw interceptions all the time. Like When those two teams play, I mean, we talk about Nebraska-Northwestern having weird games. It's no different for Wisconsin and Northwestern either. It's, it's, I think Melvin Gordon was undone by the grass at Ryan Field. They just they grow that thing. It's like Vietnam. Yeah, your, your favorite stadium yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah, I love it. I don't know why. High grass, friendly confines. It's a very intimate setting. Yeah. It's like watching backyard football. Yeah, it's like going to the town dump and if, then setting up a game there. If you haven't mowed in two weeks. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have strong thoughts on North? I like I like Ryan Field because I like the uh, I like the view of the lake. I like that it's kind of like a high school game when it because it's like half and half, you know. So I kind of appreciate that. Have either of you tried to send a message to Pat Fitzgerald at his email? I tried the first week. It bounced back. <laughs> what was it? Hashtag. Hashtag. I don't care. Yeah. Like that's not how email works. Right. Yeah. I. I was pretty impressed that a sitting college football coach isn't familiar with how email systems, you know, work. But Especially a Northwestern grad. Yeah. Especially a guy that's not over 60. Mm-hmm. You know, computers have been a part of Pat Fitzgerald's life for a while now. He's not sending pictures and gifts that he once bought for somebody in his family? Probably not. Okay. No. All right. Uh well, we're we're into Northwestern apparently. Should we should we go back a little bit and discuss this Ohio State contest? Yeah. Can we call it a contest? Well, I mean, a, a game was played, allegedly. Yeah. Can I can I first kind of uh, give a little bit of a mea culpa? I I wouldn't cover game day, um, and and I have to say. Oh wow! Wow, man, what? Why did you not say this off the air before you were going to say this? I didn't, I didn't want to. We typically reserve our best stuff for <laughs> off air, and I wanted to. I hope the audio cuts out. We could have talked you out of it, though. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not as down on it as I was before. I'm still down on it, but to a lesser <laughs> degree. I was. Yeah, I wants to sit on the fence. I, I, it was impressive watching just the whole thing unfold. Like it was like a well-oiled machine. Um, I was surprised at the signs that were allowed in because apparently the sign screener missed that day or something. Um, and uh, but it, it was it was kind of cool to I mean you see it on TV or don't in my case, but you assume that it you know what it would be like. It, it, it lived up I think it, it was pretty cool. Nebraska fans showed up in a big way. So and plus you had yeah you, you had Princess Gabby there. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade was there. And a, it, yeah. it, it was a nice little infomercial for the university, and then the game started. The guys, uh, I'll say this about it too. Uh, he's right in a way, like the way the even the day before. Props to them. They they brought out Herb Street and Reese Davis and Desmond Howard, and they did it very in a good manner. Like I was impressed with like how they they handled it. And um, Reese Davis had never be, seen a football game at Nebraska. That was interesting to me. Um, he was a studio host for the yeah, longest he, time. Yeah, he's seen basketball. He's been to some hoops here, but he thought he said it's the weirdest thing. He he's been to all these basketball. He's been to some basketball games here, but never football. But um, they were all very complimentary, and they had huge ratings too um, for their show. Um, and I I I do think Nebraska. You know, the setting was perfect. People, I saw snark on social media like, oh, well, you know, game day's never going to Nebraska. Game day doesn't give a crap at the end of the day if the 
game itself turns out to be trash. By that time, they've packed up everything and headed home. They just want a good show with like the good setting in the background, and they got exactly that. You notice that when Nebraska loses a game like this, that there's a lot of nevers being thrown around. Nebraska's never going to win another game. Nebraska's yep. never going to get another recruit. Nebraska's never going to be on game day again. Nebraska shouldn't be televised nationally ever again, which is going to happen here in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, I don't know. We consider FS1 nationally. I mean, it's a it's a national game. Yeah. And what but what I, do you think is going to lead into that? Maybe some uh, Mexican league soccer. Could be. Yeah. Some MLS maybe. I don't uh, I don't watch enough FS1 to know what their their schedule is on uh, on a Saturday afternoon when they aren't televising live sports or uh, live football. But I thought that just going to finish up the game day thing real quickly, I mean, I, it's the most I've watched of game day probably ever. Um, and I thought Nebraska looked really good. I thought the setup where they chose to have it versus 2007 looked so much better in the, the horseshoe than it did in the stadium. Um, I was impressed by the amount of people that showed up for it. The stage and all of the extra, like, I, I mean, I haven't watched game day more than just the last five minutes when we're in a hotel room to see who they're picking for games. Uh, all of the side stage stuff that they had going on, I didn't really know that that was a thing. And so um, I thought it looked good, uh, and I suspect they'll be back again at another point in Frost's tenure. Yes, so that's that's the most game day conversation you're probably ever going to get on this podcast. Until next time. Yes. When you're just raving about how much yeah, you love it. That's true. Big fan. <laughs> really sold the hell out. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, so let's briefly touch on the Ohio State game. And by that, let's talk about the giant elephant in the program, which is what has happened to Adrian Martinez. When you when you try to parse through Frost's comments, what you've seen with your own eyes, what you've seen out of this team, Brunts, what what do you make of the second year for Adrian Martinez? I've been surprised at just the the lack or the lack of consistent decisiveness that he's shown this year, and that that to me has been the surprising part because he. The assumption coming into the year was, okay, he's got a full season under his belt. He's been a starter in the Big Ten. He knows what, what, what to expect. But at times, he just looks rattled and kind of looks almost like a first-year starter out there. I think that's been the thing that's been the most surprising to me. Um, you know, I, I think Nebraska, Nebraska's offensive line has not made things easy for him between the snaps. Um, I, I think that he, at times, has had more pressure than maybe what he saw a year ago. But at the same time, I think, too, you know, he, he's not making as many plays with his feet. He looks a little bit tentative on the touch passes um, that, that have, have been uh, a bit of a bugaboo for him this year. So I understand what Scott Frost is doing by defending his quarterback, and I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I mean, the wide receivers aren't getting up with any kind of consistency. The line is an issue, but... You know, you would have assumed coming into the year that Adrian Martinez himself would have been enough to overcome some of those issues, I guess. That's been the surprising part to me. Yeah, I think uh, I think Frost had a telling quote, though, about just how the whole rhythm of everything is off um, because of some of the parts around him, too. I mean, like the, the high snap itself that come in at way too high of a rate, 
is throwing stuff off from the beginning. I mean, you're a QB and you got to process this guy over here, this guy over there. What what are they going to, you know, what are they doing? And oh yeah, I got to catch this ball. It's a foot over, you know, a foot and a half over my head um, every time. It feels like on some drives. Uh, I think that messes with it. And uh, there's just too much, I think, with that and the receivers and not. It sounds like when you listen to the coaches closely, the receivers are also not necessarily always in the spots they're supposed to be. But that said, I'm not excusing what some of what we've seen, like. His pick on the, I think it was his third pick Saturday. Yeah, it was that, atrocious. That was just a bad ball. Yeah. I mean, there's, no, I mean, Mike Williams was there. Wide open. Uh, that could have been a nice little 15-yard play, um, and that game was going to, that game was going to be a 24-point Ohio State win, no matter how you shake it. I think at the end of the day, but it could have been more of that kind of game. You know what I mean? It could have been like a. 52 to 24 kind of game or something where at least for a half Nebraska scores 14 points or something um the one played with Wandale which was critical because I think it just it sucked everything out of the stadium um Martinez you kind of expect him to make that play even though the line play uh was not great on it and when you look it back uh they got they got heat on him and really pushed uh the I don't know who it was right into Martinez's kitchen though his own old lineman got pushed into him, um, but he sailed the throw a little bit. Was it a tackle? I don't know, but it, it, he did have a he did have as he he couldn't step into the throw very well because there was a guy like right right there, uh, but nonetheless, you you have that play that should have been a touchdown. Um, I do think he was a little worried the Ohio State safety. This is why screenshots don't always tell the story. He thought the Ohio State safety was going to be on his feet still, and he was going to have to squeeze that throw in between him. The Ohio State safety happened to fall down as he's making the throw, so it all looks a certain way. So yep. you got to all factor that in. But nonetheless, that he's for a guy who's kind of a Heisman candidate going in, you kind of expect he's going to make those plays. Matt Verzal joined me on the recruiting hour on Monday, and he made a point that I thought was kind of interesting because I hadn't considered it. And if you get the opportunity, you guys can go back and see it for yourselves. I watched, and I, I come out where he did with it. When you look at the drive where they, they kind of changed up their offense a little bit, it was when they were in their most in sync and in rhythm because there was never going to be a snap issue because you were going under center. So you had your offensive line firing off the ball at the same time. You had your quarterback playing at a different pace because there wasn't a concern about having to go up to get the ball. Everything looked in rhythm. And I hadn't considered that until Verzel had said it. And it makes me think Nebraska needs to play more under center going forward this year until they can figure out the snap thing. And I think the single biggest mistake Scott Frost has made has been shoving Cam Jurgens into that position when he's clearly not ready for it. He's made too many mistakes throughout the course of five games that have disrupted the flow of your offense, and it's making everything else look worse. And I, I'm not saying that it's all Cam Jurgens' fault, but the fact that they're unwilling to make it easier on him by going to an offense like this, and maybe they will. Maybe they saw the same thing. But it is jarring when you go and look at how Nebraska is playing in that drive before that interception and how fast the offensive line moves, not even just the results of the play. The results of the play are because of great game planning and good preparation. 
But also, those guys are executing very differently because everything is in rhythm as it's supposed to be. So I, I will certainly be watching going forward if they're going to be playing under center a little bit more. Um, maybe not necessarily the the wing T or whatever it is that they're running. But I do think that that was evident. And maybe it's just one drive, and, and that's an outlier. But And I don't even mean to pick on Cam Jurgens. I just really am dumbfounded by how they just forced this whole center thing to happen. And it is blown up in their face. You're in week six, and you don't even know if the snap on a given play is going to be where it needs to be ever. Like, that's problematic. Yeah, there was a... During the, I went back and watched the broadcast on Sunday night, and there was a, one play that stood out. They were out of shotgun, and Adrian had to like reach basically like as far as he could go uh, with with his right arm, and it was a it was a handoff play, so he gr- makes a pretty athletic play to get it, pulls it down, hands the ball off, and I mean it, it's you know DOA because Ohio State's defensive line was. Fantastic, by the way. That that's another thing we can talk briefly about. But th- that type of the, the type of issue that you're seeing, I, I think you you do have to do something if you're going to continue to roll with Cam Jurgens and you feel like he gives you the best chance. But I, I, under center, I mean, maybe you, you teach him to, to to snap it differently. I don't know what what the answer is, yeah. but it's it's. Uh, well, my my also thought on this it becomes i don't know if this is the right word correct me if i'm wrong but psychosomatic where basically adrian martinez is thinking it's high all the time Mm -hmm. he's leaving his feet for the snap so he doesn't even have to anymore because he's trying to rush everything because he thinks they're going to be behind and and i don't want to excuse adrian martinez's performance either because he's turned the ball over far too much and i i tweeted about this on sunday but you don't have to go back to watch i mean that third interception was another terrific game plan where they had set up against that zone uh, or against sort of the the coverage look that they were getting to get Mike Williams wide open. I mean, it was just perfectly set up. You said 15 yards. You said 15 yards. I think that might have been like a – he would have been in stride. That would have been a nice play. Um, And you have to – I don't care, sophomore, freshman, pressure. Like, that's a throw that a college football quarterback has to be able to make down the seams if you're going to get defenses to respect you. I mean, I don't think that there's much of a uh, – you know, I don't think this is like a an out-there take. Adrian really struggles with throws over the middle of the field. He struggles with the depth on those throws. He struggles with the touch on those throws. Uh, pressure or not, that's just where you continually see issues is when he's trying to make throws over the middle more so than the sidelines. And that was one that, you know, he has to be able to make that throw because that's where you have to attack some of those defenses. It's in that seam. Mm-hmm. If you think about the snap thing, though, um, I mean, that's like a, it, it's only a second. But if you think about the average football play, all the main stuff happens within four to five seconds of a play. Like, it's the failure or success of it is often decided by that point if it's going to work or not. So you're talking about the first 20% of a play, basically, that's thrown off right at the beginning. Um, maybe takes you in a different direction. But it's a really good defensive of, line. Of too. where it's it's going. And also, uh, the guy who snapped it is trying to block a, maybe an all-conference guy in the next moment, and that might not go well, especially when he knows he just snapped it over the you know guy's head. Um, so it, it is a big problem. I... I 
it's hard to know without seeing this stuff what the other guys look like competing with Jurgens because I do I always go back to that week when they named him the starter and we were so stunned around here. Um, and then you would hear comments from the defensive guys like, yeah, he's just better than the other guys. You know, like there there was kind of this no doubt like, Jer- yeah, Jurgens is better than Farniok's been, and that's just the way it is. And so there, that makes you just think they they just don't have a a good answer necessarily behind him either. And that's that's always a tough spot to be in, and it's why <laughs> the Michael Decker uh, departing football thing from two years ago still matters in a weird way because he'd be a senior right now and probably handling it pretty well yeah should we talk about ohio state's defensive line briefly yeah sure um it's a in thinking back kind of to the conversations about how that game was going to go um you know the the one defense or you know the, the type of team that can limit a spread offense like nebraska's is a team that can rush get pressure with four and really cause issues with four and i that ohio state team was probably I'm trying to think if there's a better team that Nebraska's played that I've in the time that I've covered um you know what and I, I'm kind of hard to to come up with a uh a team that comes to mind um that, that was a better. hell that was a hell of a defensive line um uh do you think that there's a better a better team I, I don't know that I, that Ohio State team overall was was probably the I would still take 2016 Ohio State. Would you? And I know that team didn't go to the – or they were they the ones that got smoked by Clemson in the college football playoff? But the – and this is where you get kind of hard to compare and contrast. Like, I'm going off of it based on all of the NFL yeah. guys that have emerged because of that team. Like, that entire secondary, they had Bosa. Curtis Samuel was the best player on the field by far. Um, so, I – I always look at that 2016 Ohio State team as like the beacon of the best I've ever seen Nebraska play. But I, you know, talking with some of the other people involved in Nebraska's program beyond just that defensive line, like yeah. their secondary was just nasty and very aggressive too. Yeah, and it's you saw it too where Nebraska had to start bringing in a running back to help block, and then you had to you had to have a tight end stay in. And then all of a sudden, you're you're basically got three or four guys out in the pass pattern, and they've got six guys <laughs> with one guy spying Adrian Martinez. Like you, you're just not going to win a lot of football games doing that. And I mean that that shows you the value of having just as many elite defensive linemen yeah. as you can. And don't kid yourself. Um, I mean Nebraska views it a, viewed it as a measuring stick game. But it meant, that one was big to Ohio State, too. They, they were on prime time. They had the nation's attention. And they have a, I do think they have a chip on their shoulder uh, because everybody, everybody acted like they might take a step back post-Urban Meyer. And I said this to you guys when we were leaving the field. I think they have a, like a, more of a looseness about them without all that urban drama hanging over them. And Ryan Day is, you know, seems like he fits right in. And it, is very confident as a play caller, and uh, they're they're freaking scary, man. They're gonna they're going to annihilate some teams worse than they did Nebraska. So um, that's the one thing we got to keep in mind, and that's why these next two weeks are going to tell us more about how does Nebraska actually match up against teams in their tier, and uh, it, it's critical that these are the swing games for the season, really. Well, the good news for Nebraska is they still get Ohio State on the schedule for uh, what three out of the next four years. 
Yeah, when does, well, when does that switch? I don't know. Like 2022. Which is in Michigan, right? Yeah. That, Who will have a new coach at that point. You don't want to complain over the top about that, but you know, Moose wanted the schedule shakeup, and I don't know that Nebraska got much of a favor done. I, it, it's better getting Michigan than Ohio State, perhaps. Yep. Uh, but Iowa, I think, got Rutgers instead of yeah, they did. So for five years. So that's a, not exactly an even draw for Because they allegedly drew him out of a hat. You just wait till Greg Schiano pulls it together out there and puts that away. I think it's a stupid system. I, we're going on another topic. But to have a five-year thing where you, where it just it's, doesn't make sense to me. Well, we'll talk about it later. Oh, we could we can talk about it right now. It looks stupid. Bruns Bruns loved that loved one. <laughs> Almost as much as the photos of you post game. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't share those publicly. Nah, yet. those are those are, are in house memes. <laughs> those are going to be kept for like when you want to uh, bury those are, me. Uh, personal stock photos, <laughs> I guess. But all right, uh, we're going to take a quick time out. Uh, you can hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll get into some recruiting. Uh, Nebraska, despite having a poor performance on the field, may have a pretty good performance from the recruiting weekend. We'll get into that. Uh, We can talk about some Rick Ross and Nebraska basketball going quarter speed in front of the fans. Uh, It's also Big Ten Media Day today, so we'll catch up with Brunts about what's been going on with basketball. Maybe get in a little Northwestern, and uh, we'll go from there. Catch you on the other side. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we are back. Nebraska had nine official visitors on Saturday and more than 50 visitors in total, including really one of the best crops of underclassmen and 2021, 2021-2022 guys, uh, sophomores, juniors, that I've seen at a game before. I mean, the state of Iowa very well represented. Nebraska is going to go very hard. 2021 in the state of Iowa, there's five, six guys there uh, of interest. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly see how that plays out. But from the official visitors, uh, early returns, they've been pretty happy with how everything went, the atmosphere, uh, being able to get there for the guys that were there on Friday, could see the basketball thing, could then go check out game day on Saturday morning before they got into their tours. Uh, it seems like Nebraska's in pretty good shape with two guys immediately out of the visit weekend and Rodney Gross who is looking at a decision on Friday. I think that bodes well for Nebraska. I already put in a crystal ball prediction for the Huskers. Uh, we can get into that a little bit more. And then you have Ronald Delancey, the third defensive back, who on Wednesday announced his decommitment from Louisville. 
after taking this Nebraska visit. He had told me Sunday morning he needed to go home and think about things when I asked if Nebraska had caused him to, to maybe reconsider where he was at in his recruitment. So he went home, he thought about things, no longer committed to Louisville. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's done with the Cardinals or that Nebraska is a slam dunk, but I think some people over in North Stadium feel that Nebraska put a good step forward with another South Beach guy. He's a little bit connected to Henry Gray, really likes Travis Fisher, a guy that's having a strong senior year. He's not the biggest or the flashiest, but someone that I, I get the sense that Nebraska likes a lot more than maybe the recruiting industry does at this point in time when you look at his rating. Uh, elsewhere, I mean, the three guys from Georgia, uh, what I have heard from, from Jared Ivey and Marquise Black, they liked it. Uh, didn't get full updates on those guys yet, but uh, Chandler Durham really enjoyed it. He's looking at a decision on in November. That could be Nebraska's next offensive lineman. Michael Brunts made a crystal ball prediction for him. I'll let Brunts get into that if he wants. Uh, Caden Johnson is the outside linebacker. I think the, the biggest visitor that Nebraska had for the weekend. Uh, he told Steve Wiltfong on Tuesday night that really enjoyed the visit. Uh, likes where he's at with Nebraska. I think he's going to take a couple more trips. But to me, the big thing here is he doesn't feel compelled to commit to Wisconsin. Uh, I still think Nebraska is going to go hard after him. There's not that much distance that he couldn't come back for another game later in the season, potentially even that Nebraska-Wisconsin game, if you want to let yourself you know, really dream big uh, for Nebraska's next big recruiting weekend. So I would keep an eye on, on what happens with Caden Johnson there. Jackson Bratton was in uh, with Logan Smothers, the two Alabama guys. Smothers, Nebraska quarterback commitment. Bratton committed to Alabama. I think the Huskers are basically trying to play for – second place and then see if they can get moved up a line if Alabama moves on from Bratton, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, Turner Corcoran also had a good official visit. But all in all, I would say a successful recruiting weekend despite the fact Nebraska did not play well on Saturday. The atmosphere spoke for itself. And as I say every single time this comes up, the relationships are what matter. And these guys, whether it's Rodney Gross or Ronald Delancey or Chandler Durham or Caden Johnson or TJ Bowlers or any of the other guys that we have talked to, always start with this staff. I really like this staff. I trust that they're going to get this thing going in the right direction. What I watched isn't where they're going to be. It's, you know, that is how recruiting works. That is what Nebraska is selling. That is why guys like Wandale Robinson and Bryce Benhart and all these other guys committed when they were 0-5 last year and they were struggling. It's because they believe in what is coming, not as what has happened. And I can't stress that enough as people kind of wade through what they felt like might have been a bad recruiting weekend, and I think it's going to turn out to be opposite. Yeah. Well, I mean, what those athletes, too, are also used to personal success and team success, and they're confident guys when you're a recruit. You you believe, I'll help change this, you know? you When you see that, you almost see it as a challenge sometimes, I think. Like, well, get me on campus, and let's see what that looks like. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of those guys who, who felt that way. The only thing I thought was unfortunate is – for all of us, really, is I think that place was ready to be on fire Saturday night. And even if it had just been for a quarter or so, or, you know, Nebraska matches them on TD drives early on and stuff, it, it never was allowed to really take hold aside from the, the fullback trap drive. <laughs> it, it was lit during that drive. Yeah, that was like, yeah, people were uh, 
losing their minds there. But that that's the only unfortunate part because that was an environment that could have been really one of the special ones, I think. The You mentioned a lot of the official visitors. I mean, that, that was a chance for them to really work ahead. I mean, there were a lot of guys in that 2021 class that, that have yeah. had that have offers or got offers or got offers or have been to Nebraska before who, who among that group besides bowlers um, kind of stands out to you. There's a lot of guys from Iowa, especially too, that yep. uh, Nebraska has been working hard on. Well, yeah, I mean, it was the first visit uh, weekend for AJ Rollins to go to a game. I think he really liked it. I'm hoping to get kind of a full update with him later this week. I mean, you mentioned the state of Iowa. I mean, between Thomas Fedone, the tight end from council bluffs, who's already basically said he's planning on being back for another game this season. He got offered Brady Brody Brecht, a offensive or excuse me, a wide receiver from Ankeny, Iowa. Uh he got an offer as well. He really liked it. Uh it's just it felt like with those twenty twenty one guys, you had Travion Ford, he loved Nebraska, uh being back here again. He's been here several times. I was actually talking with Wilt Fong on Sunday night, uh, as we were kind of recapping what I, what I had heard and what he had heard, uh, he would not rule out Nebraska as the ultimate landing spot for Travion Ford. Even but he's though, from St. Louis. Even though he's from that St. Louis-Bermuda triangle. So um, where Nebraska goes in to recruit and nobody actually comes back. Uh, he feels like Nebraska is going to be very heavily in the mix there with Travion Ford. Ford, talented kid from uh, St. Louis that's probably a defensive end or outside linebacker, depending on how much weight he adds. Uh, he's right around 6'4 right now, I think. I think he's an outside linebacker in Nebraska's system, but you never know, and, and it really would depend on Tony Tuioti, who he's got a good relationship with, and Eric Shenander, Javon DeWitt kind of haggling that one out. TJ Bowlers is in the same sort of spot where I think he's more like a Blaze Gunnarsson that he'd be playing at. 260 and about six three and a half as an outside linebacker, but you could also see where you could put some weight on him and have him as a little bit smaller of a defensive end for you. So Ethan Downs, he was another guy, right? Ethan Downs is I haven't caught up with Ethan, but he's someone that uh, really, really likes this Nebraska staff. He came out for Memorial Day uh, for his second visit. He was out here previously as a Friday Night Lights visitor as a freshman, I think, and then came out last May for Memorial Day, and now he's here for this. Uh, this game, he's been high on Nebraska. That's going to be a really tough pull out of the state of Oklahoma, which is quietly becoming an area where Nebraska is investing quite a few resources in terms of offers uh, and, and trying to pull, you know, a couple kids all the time. And they had Colin Miller, or excuse me, Colin Oliver, in the first week of the season. He's from Oklahoma. They have uh, Vernon Reese is the punter that they have offered uh, that I suspect will be visiting Nebraska at some point here in the short future. So. Uh, they, they're really doing a nice job working ahead 2021 and beyond. Uh, they had some 2022 kids there that were of interest, including one that stood next to you uh, that I think he said blocked out the sun because he was so tall and so big uh, that you felt his presence. I, I felt somebody kind of walk up, stand behind me, and uh, turned around and was basically staring at the chest of a uh, 2022 offensive lineman. Who, how tall is he? Six seven, three hundred and eighty pounds, I think. Yeah, three hundred forty pounds. Yeah, uh, he's from he's from Louisville. He was hanging out with Wandale the whole weekend. So yeah. um, that's actually one of those things that we probably haven't discussed enough. 
when Nebraska does jump into some of these areas randomly, like Louisville or like New Jersey or some of these places, they're going to get some visitors that are going to be like, oh, why did Wondell Robinson want to go there? And so, it, uh, one, hilarious picture watching Wondell and this kid walk off together down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got five foot nine and six foot seven. You got maybe 180 and, you know, maybe nearly 200 pounds heavier. But uh, that that's something to watch as well. So you, we've got a track, obviously, where it's all going to go. Um, but they are pretty much halfway into their official visits at this point. They're probably going to be halfway into their class by the end of this week. Uh, so there's a lot of work left. But I think Nebraska is trending in the right direction, finally, in recruiting. Let's, uh, you want to talk some Rick Ross? Some Nebraska basketball? I didn't stick around for Rick Ross. I, I, I did. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Rick Ross, and then we can get into a little Nebraska scrimmage. They, uh, they appeared to have some real technical problems before they were able to kind of get started on Friday night. So it took about 40 minutes, which drained any energy that might have been there from the riveting scrimmage mm-hmm. uh, to, to when they got Rick Ross going. It was cool for the players. I mean, he had all of the players, both the women's and the men's team, up there on the stage with them. Uh, you how, many, know. how many Rick Ross songs did you know before Zero. Friday? How many do you know now? Um, well, okay. At so at any the, point, did you say here's the thing with Rick Ross? When you say a Rick Ross song, like he's involved in uh, producing stuff that I've heard. He's involved as like a featured artist, but you know has one line uh, in in some songs that he did say, uh, Friday. But he's not necessarily the guy that you're you're picturing. So so now, or at any time during that event, did you catch yourself going, "Oh, that's Rick Ross"? Well, I mean, I knew who he was. No, I mean like the song. Oh, eh. Like you heard a song, you're like, "Oh, that's a Rick Ross song." Yeah, probably one, maybe. I don't know. I I can left. Can you sing it? I left early. No, and I won't. Um, I left early enough to go watch the uh, the third set of the volleyball match, mm. which seemed to be a better choice of my time. I mm. felt like, but. Uh, overall, the event was weird. Um, the atmosphere was weird. The the basketball was strange. It was a it was a scrimmage. It, so they had they had practiced. You've seen scrimmages that are more scrimmage like than that. But they had practiced that morning. Like Fred Hoiberg pretty clearly said. Fred Hoiberg was asked before that if, whether or not the execution of that scrimmage mattered, and he laughed and said no. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's a just like it's, it's, it's a little, sh- little show. Um. It wasn't a very good show either. If you want to see some defense, you want to see some big ticket (laughs) No, I didn't want to see any of that. I probably wanted to see Nebraska's big men not go 0 for 19 on dunk attempts. That's not uh, going to win anybody over. But you've seen that. (laughs) Yeah. I thought this was a new era of Nebraska basketball. The biggest critic of the power dribble ever. Well, the, the people I would criticize with the power dribble wouldn't turn it into dunks. It was a power dribble into being rejected into the fourth row. You're, would you say That's that... That's why he moved to Marquette to shoot threes. Are your three biggest hates in life, are they Rex Hudler, are they the Green Bay Packers, and are they the power dribble? I don't know if Rex Hudler makes the top three. The power dribble is up there. It's a wasted motion that makes no sense. Yeah. You're 6'8". You don't bring the ball down to where the guards can take it from you. Yes. Of course, if Nebraska had a big man coach over the last seven years, they might have avoided that. Whoa. You're the Tom Amansky of basketball. <laughs> I like the fundamentals. Uh, Actually, that's not true. The fundamentals were being taught the power dribble. Yes. I think we've now learned it's not necessary. Yeah. 
you have any thoughts I, on I, 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 I steered clear of the event. I, I wasn't expecting much. I did YouTube a Rick Ross song yeah. to see if I like YouTubed his name. And he has a recent song which Drake is on the mix. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good, you know. You get Drake, that's that's doing something. But Drake has a lot, has a verse, but in the video Drake does not appear. So it's like Drake was kind of like, yeah, I'll drop a few words for you, but I don't have time to get on the set to film, you know. Gotcha. Well, did they just it. get Hanif Cheatham to do it? Well, they could have. Yeah, that would. They know each other. Apparently, that's what I learned. Yep. So uh, I thought the best part of the whole night was the intros which had a little bit of a WWE feel to them where the players walked out to random music and did something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. When it, when's the season start? October 30th with a s- exhibition against the Doan University Tigers. If I set it at one and a half missed dunks against Doan, would you take the over or the under? I'd take the over. I think there's going to be a fairly <laughs> fairly liberal dunking line in that game. <laughs> um uh. But well, yeah. hopefully they make more of them than they did yeah. Friday. Something tells me they probably won't need to, but um, that that was the event. Is there anything else we need to cover? No, I think we've hit the high Unless, uh, yeah, I think we did. Facilities, I mean, they got oh, the yeah, big. yeah. Do you want to hit on that? Nebraska's going to spend $155 million for a building with no designs yet. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was, it felt like it came together in a hurry. Um I mean, even Matt Davison said like two weeks before it. You know, he wasn't sure. I mean, I I think it. I think it. They wanted to announce at Ohio State weekend, and it wasn't just because game day was here and all that. They had that always been a target. Uh, they're still fundraising. I mean, they're like a hundred. Let's see, a hundred million of the hundred fifty-five is going to have to come through donations, and I think they're about. 35 to 40 percent there from what i gathered so there's still a lot of work to do they i mean they want to open ground on it next year and have that thing up so for guys who are freshmen now they'd be seniors um i do think um i think if nothing else it's useful in recruiting that you you know they, they bring some mocks in and show hey this is what's coming this will be here while you're there um and it's ambitious i mean what what they're doing especially right now uh, with the when the program hasn't yet lifted completely off the ground, uh, the, the, it takes some cojones kind of to ju- to say we're going to do this and we're going to raise the money and all this. But uh, it, it also Matt Davison made a point of Scott Frost plans on being here a very long time, and this building plans on being here. He want they, he said it's going to be here a hundred years. Um, I don't know about that, but uh, the the this is a long-term deal and and they had even talked to frost about it before he was the head coach here him and davis and used to talk about kind of facilities and what that might look like do you uh, i saw bill moose said that he wants to potentially turn the current weight room into some kind of museum or potentially an event space do you guys have any other ideas for what that space could be used for um i was told it's going to be the uh nebraska athletics hall of fame Oh, yeah, the well, they have the Museum Hall of Fame or whatever. Yeah. That's so. That's I mean, I think that's what it's gonna be. It's like, like a, like I don't a, know if I have any ideas. Did that you are gonna... you want us to say some fun ideas? Was that no, what I, just, going for? I, I don't. It, it's just the idea of like, yeah, we got this room. We don't know what we're gonna do with it. So yeah, well, they, they could probably they could probably make it. They could make a cool museum like 
Actually, that wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah, no, I like, I like the idea like when a, I was told a about Husker it. Historical Museum. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to Lambeau, uh, I we're not Packers people, Schaefer and I, but I can respect. Brent likes them. I can respect that they got. They a gave cool, him his first Super Bowl. Uh, they got a cool museum though, um, where it goes through Packers and NFL history and stuff, and you pay like ten bucks and. Yeah, no, uh, I've been through that. I, I I think something like that, people would just eat up, you know. With okay. some, go ahead. I say Oklahoma State has something like that that's now attached to. T Boone Pickens Stadium. I when I snuck into the stadium and was caught by security, the woman very nicely gave me a tour of the museum after hours. Oh, so wow. it, it was nice. Like it was uh, pretty well done. Classy, classy area. So for those that don't know, one of Brunson's pastimes is to sneak into the stadiums. He's been arrested um, four times. And Never been arrested. He's got a really good track record of getting into places that you really shouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, Including one time where I helped him with Vanderbilt, but yeah, uh, that gate didn't want to lift, but it <laughs> we got it up. It didn't go back the way it was supposed to. Um, what what is your most recent stadium you've snuck into? It's, I feel like it's been a while. It's been a while. You became a, a father, and now you're just out on yeah, I, on well, trespassing. I got into Cal's Cal's Memorial Stadium and walked around a little bit. That was a few years that ago. That's probably the most like recent. a very difficult one. Yeah. Though. I mean, there was a. It was locked, but it got. Yeah, in. Well, that's never stopped, you. right? So, but yeah, Oklahoma State's got a nice museum that Nebraska would be wise to emulate if they wanted to go that route. Okay. Quick All aside. Right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this content, thank you. We appreciate you listening, and you can download it on iTunes. On well, how many how many different places? Can we're we everywhere. Find? We're on. We're sp- everywhere on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Google Play. Stitcher, okay, whatever uh, that is. We're probably on podcast download areas that you've never even heard of before. Are we on Podbean? I don't know. Okay. I think so. I'll I'll see if we're on Podbean. We're on Megaphone. Okay, yeah. So we're we're everywhere, but we're also at Husker twenty four seven, and that's where you can get all of our content every day. We have free practice reports. We have free practice stories. There's the occasional free recruiting thing. Uh, and there's tons of coverage, whether it's basketball, baseball, football. You can find all of that on Husker 24-7. Of course, our podcast once a week, normally on Wednesdays, unless we have a scheduling issue. And then we got the Hypecast, which is coming up. We're going to get you hyped for the Northwestern game that I spent 10 minutes running down earlier. Be sure to listen to that. I'm sure it'll be a doozy. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.